What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Business Breakthrough. I sit down with Wyatt today, and he is a roofing repair contractor. And it was an awesome business breakthrough because I uh, always like doing different trades just because I'm a firm believer in the principles of business and how uh, businesses just boil down to a certain set of principles. It does not matter what you do or what you sell. Um, I believe that business can really just be uh, narrowed down to these basic principles. And, and that's what we focus on here. So it was really cool to kind of just uh, have a little diversity in terms of what product is being sold, but also uh, help Wyatt navigate uh, the roadblock that he's facing currently in his business. So I think we got somewhere. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this one. So thanks again, guys, as always, for jumping in on the business breakthroughs. And it starts right now. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right. They're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener. It's so much better. And that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time. And that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat, and that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets Podcast. What is going on, everyone? I am here with Wyatt with Richmond Slate Repair. So uh, briefly, man, let's let's talk about what that is. I'm looking at your website here. It seems like you do a plethora of things, man. It's uh, I'll kind of run through it. It looks like you do... I mean, I'll actually let you tell me. I mean, there's slate ridge gaps, chimney flashing, valley flashing, dormers. Uh, you do built-in gutters. Uh, so you, these are this is all repair. So you do uh, you do repair of these things, or do you do, you do initial installation? A little bit of both. Right now, I'm a Class C contractor, so I'm limited by ten thousand uh, dollars. Okay. Scope of work I can do. Working on changing that this month to a Class B. That would and what does that what does that give you? Uh, what does that open the door to? In the state of Virginia, that allows me to do um, past a hundred thousand dollars of um, like a, I think a hundred and fifty thousand dollar cap on uh, on renovations you can do. Gotcha. Uh, so I started off in two thousand twenty as a uh, general roof repair company, and um, eventually switched that to slate and copper, which was how I was traditionally trained uh, doing slate and copper work. So on a slate roof, copper covers all the flashing. So everywhere that two angles uh, bisect on a roof, you need uh, some sort of flashing to stop water from entering down into a penetration. Uh, so that's why copper, um, because slate roofs uh, either have some sort of tin or galvalume or copper sort of flashing. So started in uh, 2020, I actually got my MFA um, in art. And uh, then during the pandemic, um, I paid my way through school uh, being a slate roofer. During the pandemic, I realized there's no job opportunities. So I created the company, um, took off, but uh, my books haven't been in order. Um, so that's when I'm, I've been working on just making sure that I'm not going to uh, step into quicksand. Cool. So overall, and I just kind of want to get a gauge on what you feel, one to 10 in terms of overall success, assuming all angles are operating and, and, you know, what do you give yourself in terms of a grade? Uh, what would be a airplane sputtering like a 5.5, a six, something like that. <laughs> um, hey man, first business, right? First business, there's things that you're learning. Um, yeah. you know, I think it's a fair grade to give yourself and that's a good starting point. You know, one thing that I like to first, like before we get into the specifics, um, I just really want to know, uh, what does the production look like? Is it you doing all the repairs you doing all the, you know, is it, is it mostly you doing everything? I would say it's, um, I, I do everything 60, I would say 60, 40. I, Recently, I've, I've just started getting comfortable with uh, walking away from a job here and there. And like, uh, I can give my guys certain tasks. Uh, certain tasks are a little harder than others. Okay. Uh, so you have, an, do you have an employee or is this uh, like, who, do you have one person working with you or how does I that work? Two guys working with me and one bookkeeper. Uh, okay. Are they full time? Uh, the bookkeeper works 
two about two hours uh, every day, and the uh, guys work forty hours a week. Okay, so you're able to hit forty hours a week. Consider they're working today. They're working today. Okay, so um, let's talk. All right, so you have a really good. Hey, I love that you're you're not actually doing everything. That's great, man. So you know you should give yourself you know some credit there. Um, oh, but I'm, I'm stressing these, in the back of my mind. I hey, if you wouldn't be a business owner if you didn't do that. So. Um, let's talk about, you know, first of all, the foundation of how you, you, you have your backend set up with, for employees. Do you have payroll? Are they, you know, are they actually employees? Do, do you have them on an actual payroll? Is that what the bookkeeper's doing? Yeah. So, uh, they're both W2s. I have one, actually one guy that I'm, I'm keeping busy from, uh, a, a rival of mine, um, okay. friend, friendly rival, uh, and he just got done with a bigger project. And so I'm making sure those guys stay busy. So I, I subcontract them out uh, sometimes, but my two guys are W2 uh, employees and they do four tens. Okay. All right. Everything. So everything's legitimate on, on the employee. Uh, um, yeah. And then uh, workers comp and um, yeah. Sure. All right. So you've covered all your bases there. Perfect. So we don't need to go there. All right. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about marketing first. Um, you know, when it, when it comes to your marketing, uh, do you, you know, what is like, what, is, how are people contacting you, right? Is it based, is it referral based from roofing companies or is it consumers reaching out to you? Which, which one, which one of the two? I would say 90% consumers reaching out to me through Google and then okay. 10% referrals from um, bigger contractors or actually, yeah, because I, they, know, they say, want the, what, go, you can change that if you want. What is it? Well, I I would I would add in their word of mouth, maybe twenty percent. So maybe sixty percent Google, word of mouth twenty percent, and then ten percent other okay. contractors. All right, cool. All right. So you have a steady stream of marketing coming in through Google. What is what is the the normal request, right? So so and why don't they just go to a roofing company who advertises installation of entire roofs and they instead bypass that to go to you? Right. So bigger companies don't want to do these jobs. Uh, repair they, jobs. They, they don't want to do it. Right. They want the whole roof. They, they want the whole roof. Uh, their margin is less, but they can, you know, make a lot more money. Um, okay. And so they don't want to do it. A regular handyman or a roof uh, repair guy won't know how to do slate. I see things. I walk up on things all the time that get destroyed either by other okay. trades or people who don't know what they're doing. Uh, okay. So, 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 it, so there's a little kind of like a, a little honey hole there for you because the, the, the competition's low, the need is great, the bigger companies don't want to touch it, and then here you are kind of just, you're not really even competing against anybody. Now, are insurance companies covering this cost or, or are homeowners no. paying for it directly? No, no, it's, it's, it's very, well, I mean, sometimes, but it's very hard to uh, file an, an insurance claim for a slate roof. Very, very hard. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So we're covering our bases here. So marketing seems to be working well. All right. Now, um, in terms of in terms of sales, let's talk about a little bit real quick, because you said the bookkeeping was your big thing and, and margins and numbers. What I'd like for you to do for me real quick is tell me the top three services that you offer. Top three. Now, I know you do a bunch of different things. What are the top three? Name, name, name them in order of, uh, and when I say top, I mean, let's just say most popular. What's the most common thing that you do? So number one would be replacing missing or broken uh, pieces of slate, a section. So okay. something right. fell off a tree, ice, whatever. Got it. Missing. All right. So missing slate. Okay. That's number one. All right. So what's number two? Corroded flashing. So All right. uh, that would be like valleys or ridges or uh, dormers or something. Okay. Uh, I mean, the, the old tin lasts maybe like 50 years and then it, it all rots out. Richmond is a city full of slate roofs that are all falling apart because they were installed some like 70, okay. 80 years ago. All right. And then what's number three? Uh, number three would be uh, like a ripoff and um, um and a redo so like i would take all the slate off and reinstall it sometimes that's that's all you can do so you say it again it's you said a ripoff 
Yeah. So you, so you take all the slate off the roof. I mean, sometimes you don't, you don't know what shape the decking is in. So you have to take all the slate off the roof, uh, fix whatever decking and uh, water damage. And then reinstall it on top. Yeah. And then reinstall. That's, the slate a, that's, that's a big job. Then those are bigger jobs. I mean, usually those would be uh, porches. Uh, there's like, there's a style of, of roof in what we call the downtown area of Richmond, the fan. That's like, uh, it's slate, slate at the top. It's kind of this old French style roof. And then it'd be like flat and it would taper off in the back and be a rubber roof. So a lot of these Got like it. replacements. Okay. You know? All right. So, so you named three there and just generally give me an idea of how many more services you can actually do. I, I've broken them down into 10 services that we do uh, again and again. And, okay. and they all sort of tie into a slate roof. So they're all things that you would find on a slate roof. And if, if anyone asked me, um, like I, I will do like uh, standing seam copper panels or something. But if anyone asked me to do like a rubber roof or an asphalt roof or whatever, I just at this point, I'll just say no thanks. Yeah. So you've gotten to the point where you're ready to say no. Um, we're looking at, you know, these three here. And what I'd like to know, and I don't know if you can shoot this to me, is, you know, average average job size, like in terms of like what your, what your minimum is, right? So are you paying your guys hourly? What are they getting paid each per hour? Okay. So, uh, my two regular guys get $20 an hour. Okay, good. So $20 an hour. So you're at 1600 a week. Okay. So, and that's before taxes, workers comp and all that stuff. Let's just say two grand a week. Okay. Now let's just use this week as no, not this week. Let's use last week as an example because you had a full week of work. Did you start a job last Monday? Or were you continuing uh, a job? Uh, last Monday. I started a new job. Okay. And how long did that job last? How many days? About three. Did the guys work together? Guys worked together, yeah. Okay. So Monday through Wednesday was about three days. How much did you charge for that job and what type of job was it? Um. Let's see. I charged. It was a. It was a. We were repairing uh, two big valleys. Uh, I think somewhere around like fifty six hundred. Um, okay. And then Thursday and Friday, what was the job? Was it a two day job? Um. Yes. Okay. Yep. So. All right. And what was that job? That bled over to the other week um so that job was we had to um, uh, pressure wash and repaint a roof usually don't offer that but if it comes along with other slate work then sometimes um, okay and would you what did you wind up charging for that uh we ended up charging about um like 6500 or something okay and that's carrying into this week right carrying into this week got it and are they're on that job now currently they are when were they, when will they finish today? Uh, uh, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Um, so worst case, are you having them work Friday or are you going to let them take the break and go into next Monday? Uh, no, I'm just going to give them off uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Okay. So they have, do they have to work? They have to work. When, when's the next time they're working after today? Uh, probably uh, Monday. Okay. Monday. All right. So, that's Thursday, Friday, that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then next Monday. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six days. Best case scenario. Now in that 6,500, let's focus on that one. Um, how much materials were you responsible for? Did you have to buy the materials or did, did the customer pay for those? Uh, I always buy the materials. All right. Uh, Do you have an idea how much those materials were? Not offhand. I can tell you, I, I average around $400 in materials a day. Okay. A day? Um, yeah. Well, you had to buy paint for this, um, this roof, right? I had to buy paint for the roof, had to buy some uh, new shade, uh, slate shingles, had to buy some copper flashing. And, uh, okay. So this job, this job is a pretty, pretty red job right now based off of that. Would you agree? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, and obviously I think there's some jobs that we take cause we have to, and maybe this was one of those cases, right? I mean, it got you through right through Thanksgiving. I'm just curious cause you got, all right. So if you said 400 a day, I'll just go with that. Um, six times four. Okay. So 
2400 in materials. You think 2400 bucks in materials? You think that's that's where you were at on that one? That's a lot of material. The slate's probably pretty expensive, right? Yeah, I mean, look at one one three by ten uh, copper sheet would would run around. Um, it's like two two twenty two forty something like that. And then is uh, it hard to get materials right now for you? It's extraordinarily hard to get copper. I mean, I'm there's like a little uh, a lull right now, but um, it's I mean, there people are backed up for years. Can I ask you a question? Just curious. Sure. Would um, do you get a lot of requests to paint roofs? Uh, sometimes, um, and actually, the my last boss, I helped him do a few uh, old tin roofs, like pressure wash them down, scrape them, and then um, you know repaint them, recoat them. I mean, I'm just curious because, like, here's the thing: when I look at all this, man, right now from a business perspective. I had, to, I, had to, I had to freaking, I just felt like I went from the Amazon. I'm cutting down trees, trying to get the answers and, and it's okay. It's good. That's how, that's why you're here. Um, right now, your business is all over the place in terms of what we do. The, 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 uh, all I look at when I look at business is scalability. Can we duplicate the result and can we, can we multiply the result? That's it. That's all I care about, right? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Okay. You do 10 services, right? You are out of those. When I asked you, Hey, what services do you do? I don't even think when you told me 10, that painting the roof was going to be one of those 10. Um, just because that was kind of like a one-off thing that you don't even really consider a proprietary service. It's something that you could do if you had to there. The reason why I ask these questions is because number one, when it comes to marketing, when I say, what's your big three, when you grow, you're going to have to create search engine optimization. You're going to have to create, you're going to have to help the market know exactly what you do. Okay. When you say roof repair, that's just as good as saying handyman. And I do not like the handyman business because you're a master of nothing and you're a jack of all trades. The problem with that is, is that if that's the case, then your employees become a master of nothing and a jack of all trades. That What that does is it hurts trainability. It hurts consistency. It hurts morale because your guys probably don't want to be painting a roof right now because last week they did root slate repair. And then this week you threw a painting a roof at them and they're probably getting pretty frustrated because it's a, it's something that they don't regularly do. They don't have a system. They don't have a process. You're probably, they're probably learning as they go. Is all this happening? Well, I mean, as far as painting goes, you're right in that assumption. I'm, we just did it to get the job. But as far right. as like flashing goes, I would say like doing something like a, a chimney, a dormer, and a valley. Those are the, the three, I'd say, most common, say, flashing three, repairs. Three, three, I'm just saying three most common. All I'm saying is from a business owner perspective, right, your, your team is going to wake up in the morning. They're making hourly pay. You're making profit, okay? The exchange is that we give them that hourly pay in exchange for what they're expecting to do. When we start throwing curveballs at these individuals of the different type of jobs they have to do when they wake up every day, what that does is, is it creates a little bit of separation between the value of which that they're receiving and the value of which they're giving back to you. Does that make sense? So in other words, you're fluctuating the workload and you're not fluctuating the pay to match it. That's an issue in business. Does that make sense? Does that concept hit home a little bit? does make sense yeah and so you because what we up to 10. what we want to do is want to keep our employees happy because without them then you got to go work and you can't grow your business right so what i look at is consistency now again what you're doing you're, you're doing it you're selling you're selling the work when it comes to margins and pricing the reason you're having bookkeeping issues is because one job has super high material cost and labor is the same. And then one job has super low material costs and labor is the same. And maybe you're pricing the jobs consistently. So, you know, one day you're making 20% profit, the next day you're making 10% profit and it's going up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down all month long gotcha. because the jobs are so different and the materials are so vast. And now you're running into supply chain issues where the prices are probably going up. Okay. So there's two ways to go about this. I'll just make it simple. Number one, you stop adding in materials to your pricing. That's number one. You put that on the customer. Whatever the materials are, customer pays it separately. 
All you're charging is labor. What that does is it gives you a hedge against fluctuating material costs. Wait, actually tell them to send in the order? No, you're going to order it. And then you're going to say, I'm going to provide you a receipt for these materials. Uh, yeah. Okay. I see. So okay. Yeah. So, so we're, we're going to give you that's, and, and again, I've done this many times with wood repair. I've done this in my own business with wood repair. I don't know. You know, I, I say, all right, we'll charge you this for the labor, whatever the materials are, you pay that yourself, but I'm adding in my profit on top of the labor. So let's say the job's a thousand dollars in labor. Okay. It might only cost me 400 bucks, but I'm charging them a thousand making up for what I would normally charge if I were adding in the materials. But in your business, dude, there's so much material fluctuation that it would make sense for you to say, listen, you know, it's kind of like building a house, right? They don't know what the, what the customer is going to choose in terms of the upgrades throughout the house. But what they do is they offer an allowance to protect them. So in other words, when they quote the job, they say, okay, here's your allowance. If it goes more than that, you're responsible to pay the difference. Okay. So companies do this just on a grand scale. Yours is going to be a little bit different because you're giving them all of the material costs just in case. Okay. Cause that's going to make it easy for you to like separate this stuff because again, your materials are a lot more expensive. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. So um, that's part one. That's part one. Now here's part two. Part two is this. Okay. Roof painting, big business. Okay. It can be marketed easily. It can be scaled. It can be duplicated. Now you could work in repair, but the focus could be painting the roof. Okay. Marketing is going to be again, very easy competition, very low materials, probably a little bit easier than finding copper right now. Okay. Cause I don't know how that's, how, how that's going to affect. And the job, look, look at, look at how much you sold the job for 6,500 bucks. You need four a month to sustain where you are right now. You, you only need to paint four roofs at that cost. You know, the, you know, the repair side, which anyone else who comes to do a roof painting job is typically a painting company. What do they have to do? Hey, you got to get this repaired first before we can paint it. Then you come in and say, we do repairs as well. We'll repair it and we'll paint it. So again, marketability, super high. Number two, in terms of appeal, most people don't even know they could do it. Kind of like painting your cabinets, right? So you say, here, this is what the roof looked like before we painted it. This is what the roof looked like after we painted it. Call us for a quote. Don't replace, repaint. And we, it includes free repairs. And then when that person says, oh, free repairs, yeah. You're just paying for the labor and you're passing on the materials to them. They have to pay for the materials, but you're working in that labor cost into the paint job. That makes sense. And that, sim and that simplifies your business because guess what? Now your guys are going to know exactly what to do. They're going to do the same thing every day. They're going to be much happier. Okay. You're going to feel a lot more in control because you're only having a job cost bigger jobs. This little repair work you're doing, maybe $400 here, thousand bucks here, $200 here, the scheduling, all that stuff you got to worry about when there's probably a wide open honey hole for roof painting. And you don't have to focus too much on worrying about if copper is going to be there for you when the big companies are grabbing it and you're just like, you know, that's what's happening probably. So, you know, look, I usually err on the side of painters because I, that's what I am. And I know the business really well. Um, but I'd like to hear what you think about that idea. Um, it's the one thing I worry about is the winter. Uh, cause I mean, you have, um, you have problems roof painting when the temperature drops too low. Um, but I, I mean, like as far as a building consistency and having the same, uh, replicable jobs, I think I could, at least with the slate stuff for now, I could, I could probably hone it down to about five things we do. Um, uh, just different types of flashing. Not even Here's different. the difference though. When you're going in and doing these repairs, you're, you're, you're selling the painting, right? That's a different interaction, isn't it? Like if somebody calls you for repair, sure. You can, you can do the repair and say, Hey, just so you know, uh, we also actually do a roof coating. We'd actually paint these roofs, change the look of it for you. Would you like me to give you a quote? How many people in your replay the recent reactions, last 15 people you've been to. And if you approached it like that, knowing that you were planning on 
doing a painting side of this business, which could ultimately be the business, could you see the people that you interacted with being at least excited about getting a quote? Yeah. Well, I mean, like every, I mean, we are. Who wouldn't uh, want a quote? Yeah. There's no one. Who wouldn't want to just know what it is, right? Like who, who wouldn't know? And then, and then you, and then you learn how to sell it, right? You say, okay, it's not just painting. This is a stealing agent too. That's going to help protect the slate, right? Is that, is that a, is that a good sales point that you would make? Yeah. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to paint on the slate, but uh, I was or like the, the roof. roof yeah. 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 I'm here then, with me here. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm working it. I'm working. Yeah, no, no. I, and I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, reaching out to the, the trades. You're not, you know, um, that, you know, um, I try to look at it like this, man. And, and reason why I ask you all these questions is like I said, in terms of the employee side, you got it. Okay. You know, if your employees, if you went up to your employees and asked them, Hey man, are you happy with, with how things are running right now? You know, if you're afraid to ask that question, then you need to change it. You know, you don't even have to ask the question. Probably you just either know, or you don't, are your employees happy? Why aren't they happy? Because the value of which they're giving you. Okay. Is less than the value of which that you're giving them. Okay. Or they're, the value of which, yeah, exactly. The value of which they're giving you is more than the value of which you're giving them. In other words, you're paying them $20 an hour and you're having them do all sorts of different things. Okay. When I hire a painting, painting, uh, employee, they know that they're going to paint. And that's it. And that's the exchange. I'm not putting them to do handyman work and wood repair work. And all. some people might enjoy that, but the average person wants consistency, you know, or for in my world, it'd be like, okay, well, today you have to texture this whole house or today you have to remove popcorn or today you have to remove wallpaper instead of me saying, nope, you're just painting every day. And what that does is allows them to get better at it. And it allows them to stay consistent, allows me to price consistently, allows my business to, to be able to expand if I want to, because I can just recreate what I did that works. Um, roofing business, again, you're not planning on installing roofs. Roof painting, I think it's a high, highly underrated market. I think that it's very under marketed. I think that if you ran Facebook ads with a before and after of what a roof could look like once it's painted, uh, you'd have more leads than you would know what to do with. You know, I mean, that's my bet. Um, and again, that doesn't mean that you can, you have to throw away the repair side. Um, but I think that eventually you'll start seeing that it's worth it to just take on these big roof painting jobs. And guess what? You know, from there, you're, uh, able to job cost effectively, able to bookkeep a lot easily, easier, able to schedule much easier because the jobs are longer. Um, and you're, and, 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 and enjoying what that looks like. I mean, I think it's at least worth trying, you know? I have a, a few tactical questions if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Um, so as far as like getting out there and estimating a job, uh, I remember listening to one podcast and you were talking about the importance of trying to get that deal the day of. And so right now I have no software for estimating. I, I mean, I, um, I text the price that I want to do and, um, and our scope of work to uh, Shelly that does the books and then she sends the estimate, but it, it's not like, it doesn't have photos. It's not like a presentation. Um, and it's definitely, I'm not giving it to them the day of. So I'm curious what sort of software you would recommend or sort of a calculator or whatever. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, there's a, everyone, there's, there's it was a whole plethora of software out there. Okay. Uh, you might've heard me say drip jobs. That's my software that I, I created. And it's for contractors. It helps you organize all your customers. I'd love to show you. Um, and it also allows you to uh, send estimates, invoices. Shelly can have access to it. Um, it's all in one. It's mobile. Um, so you can certainly do that. If you have an iPad, you can actually present a proposal in person with it. Um, so that's that's number one. In terms of a presentation, you know, um, I would suggest early on, you know, you definitely want to get, you want to take, you, you know, you got to realize that like when you start to get to these bigger job sizes and again, you, you're surviving right now, mostly because you're the only person doing what you're doing in your area and you're, you're very responsive, personable, and you know, you're making them a priority as you grow. Um, you know, it might not be as easy, but don't wait for that time, you know, just get to a point where at least, you know, early on, I had a folder, I had uh, inside the folder, I had just, you know, some about us, I printed off some reviews, 
um, and just a little presentation there. But again, you know, when it comes down to pricing, the calculator that I have would work for the painting side if you decide to do it and it's free. Um, but the calculator I have really just helps you identify what the costs are. So in other words, when we price jobs for our painting business, I'm looking at number one, what the cost is in terms of how many days I think my job, my guys would take. Now for you, when you quoted that roof painting job, just be honest, how many days did you think it would take them to do it? Uh, three. Three. And we're into six. So now you know that, hey, I need to make a better decision when I price the job. It's not a bad thing, but you, you got to learn from it. You got to say, okay, why did I think that it only takes three? And then you say, okay, when the next one comes around, I got to make sure that I budget in time for six days for a roof to side for my two guys. And really, that's just a lack of experience because you guys don't do this often. So problems might be coming up that you might not have noticed originally. It's important for you to go back and reflect. That's why we did this. You know, we're looking at six days of labor. And let me just give you that labor cost real quick. So it's, it's uh, if you're, you're at, I'm going to say you're at 55. Actually, your workers comp is pretty high, right? It's like 20%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty high. So I'm going to say you're at $60 an hour uh, times eight times six. Okay, so your labor cost is three grand and your paint cost, or excuse me, your, your material cost based off of what you told me is $2,400. Um, so you're at $5,280 total cost. Okay, and you sold the job for $6,500. So, I mean, you didn't, you didn't completely crush yourself, but you know, you could have made a lot more if you would have just budgeted for that. And again, I know, you know, about your customers where they're usually in a position. It's like, there's not a lot of competition, right? I mean, are you feeling that in your, in your respective field? For what I do, there's one other company that's even remotely my age, the rest of the guys. And do you know when it comes to priority in terms of like getting things done around the house, what's the number one priority in terms of uh, fixing something? You got to stop a leak before you can like uh, do any patchwork or painting. You can't do nothing, dude. It's the roof. So it's like you have so much leverage in terms of your pricing. And I'm not, look, I'm not endorsing manipulation, persuasion in a, in a you know, or, or gouging pricing because you know this. I'm just saying now, you know that, Hey, like I can, I can be a little aggressive on making sure that I'm putting buffers on my days. So in other words, like, you know, when you get the next one, you might say, okay, well, six is a stretch. Let me budget it for five. So this is what you do. And you don't really even need a calculator to do this. You could, but you'd say, okay, first of all, what is my hourly rate with workers comp and employer taxes in one? So you have your two guys. I say it's $60 an hour. They're at 40. I'm adding 20 bucks to that for just employer taxes and workers comp. So you're at $60 an hour. So when you go up to a house, you got to say, okay, if these guys are working eight hours a day, how many days is it going to take them? So in this case, you might've looked at it and said, okay, I'm going to put five days on the job, right? So for that, with that being said, it's 60 times eight. So $60 an hour times eight hours and multiply that by five. So that's 2,400 bucks that you would have assumed the labor cost would have been. Okay. And yeah. you're doing this in your car. When you do it this way, you can price on the spot because you don't have to go home and think about it. Okay. Now, let me finish. Part two is, is material. Okay. Now here's the thing. Do you have to go in like, like on the repair side, is it easy for you to say, okay, the material is going to cost this much, or does that require some thought? Generally by now I can look at, a, um, any sort of flashing and say, okay, I guess it's going to be one sheet or two sheets of copper and I'll just price it by the sheet. Um, and then uh, slates and nails and nail hooks and that sort of thing. So, I mean, I, I'm averaging a, around $400 a day with materials. And then- I have to say like that, that, that $400 a day thing is confusing. Like when you're saying I'm averaging $400 a day for materials because I just don't, under, I would, I like, it's either, it's like you price a job, this is what you, priced for materials you didn't do it like on a day like the, the materials don't like fly in on the day like it's just you got the materials this is how much you you budgeted it for you know so get rid of that per day thing because it's confusing you average labor per day that's 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 important but not materials because that's a fi usually a fixed expense like fixed expense means it doesn't change labor changes so you could say that per day so in other words when we look at a job what's the amount you budgeted for materials and if you're having trouble with that 
That's when you tell the customer, you buy them, I'm going to give you a receipt. If we need more, you buy them. So the variance falls on the customer. You know what I'm saying? Not you. Not your fault you needed more materials. You just underbid it. <laughs> you know? I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you need more materials. You know, you don't have to eat that, you know, that hit if you uncovered something that requires more materials, bring it up to them. But you already gave yourself a hedge on that because you told them, hey, just so you know, I'm going to provide you a receipt and you're responsible for all the materials. You create yourself a little bit of an insurance policy. Gotcha. Okay. But when it comes to the painting side, like I said, uh, you know, you're going to grow with consistency and you're going to recognize, okay, this size roof is going to cost, I don't know, 30 gallons of paint. Okay. Fair enough to say. And then if you're getting that paint at $50 a gallon, five times three, 15, that's 1500, right? So now you're looking at it and saying, okay, it's going to take my team five days. That's $2,400. And it's going to cost me 1500 in paint. Okay. So what is that? 3,900 total cost. Now we look at the profit margin. How much do you want to make? Tell me if you had to pay $3,900 to, to put labor on a job and to put materials on a job and create a finished product, how much money do you want to make? Uh, I would love to make, I think, I think with this market, I can make a 40% profit margin. That's a good, fair profit margin. Okay. So let's look at what a 40% profit margin is. Okay. And I'm going to try to do some reverse engineering math here, but I know that for example, if we were looking for a 50% margin, we would just multiply that number by two. So that would be 7,800 bucks. Okay. So I would assume that 40% is probably close to 7,200 bucks. Okay. I don't, I'm not going to do the math right now, but it's probably close to 7,200. Okay. This is where we get into selling on the spot and negotiation. Okay. Cause you could start off with presenting a price of 7,800 to paint the roof. And then what happens is, is that when you're in person negotiating, I can present you a price, show you it and wait for your reaction. You know what? Some people will say, let's do it here. Here's the deposit. Let's rock and roll. Some people will say, all right, well, we definitely need to think about it. And then this is where you become a salesperson and say, okay, well, may I ask you a question? Do you know what the cost is to actually replace the roof? Has anyone ever quoted you that? And they might, and you may say, actually, no, we haven't. I say, well, I'm sure you understand that with it being slate, Bear with me on the lingo here. I'm just flowing. I don't know. Yeah. Put me in the, give me two jobs and I'll figure it out. It's slate. Copper prices are going up. You're probably looking at about 25, 30,000. Yeah. So anchor okay. high. So for a fraction of the cost, I'm going to repair everything, seal it and paint it for you to give you at least eight to 10 more years. How's that sound, miss? Here's the warranty sheet of the product that we're going to use for the paint. Easy sell, dude. This is from Sherwin-Williams or every buying the paint. This is the product we're going to use. It has a sealing agent. Let me go through this with you again now that we're sitting here. Okay. That's why it's important to do it on, in person, right? Because again, you have that ability to build value, handle objections, negotiate effectively, and, and again, separate yourself from their, you know, here's the thing. They need it done. It's either you're going to replace it or you're going to fix it. And if we fix it, why not get a paint job on top of it to seal it and change the color for you? Make it nice. You know, and that's the sales part of it that I love, man, because again, you have a niche. You're like literally the cabinet coating company of the, of the roofing world, right? Cabinet refinishing is an easy sell. Why? Competition is low. Skill set has to be high. And the alternative is replacing the freaking cabinets, which is three times the price. Right, right, right but they can achieve the same deal with somebody coming in and actually painting their cabinets. Now here's the deal. Most people still don't know that they can paint their cabinets. And if they do know they can paint their cabinets, they are not sure of the quality. So what do I tell people? Bring in a cabinet door. Okay. So here's something wise for you. Does the slate come in like a piece? I don't know. Is it like a, is that how it works or what does that look like when it, is it like a. For, I mean, well, for repairs, you'd buy like a, like, 50, 80, 80 uh, different slates, slate tiles. How big is it? Uh, I'm the, uh, somewhere between like seven by 14 to like. A Perfect. So, so something that you could carry into the house. Sure. Yeah. If you had to. Yeah. So one thing that I would recommend for you, if you really get heavy into this is actually having your guys paint a sample. 
So when you bring it into the house, you can show them how the sample of the slate is sealed and it looks great with it being painted. Cause maybe that's a concern of some people of what it's going to look like or how, how it's going to feel or the durability of what's going to be created. You could show them a slate that's unpainted, show them one that's painted. I see. So like bringing uh, samples and, um, and that sort of thing in. Um, Absolutely. So just some so, thoughts, man. I, you know, I know, I mean, I know it's a lot to, to switch gears, but I see if you're, tr you're trending in a direction of, and, and just from my perspective, I could be wrong. You know, listen, I'm, I, I just give advice from what I know. I maybe not, I don't know everything. I just can, can gauge kind of sure. where you're at. You're trending yeah. in a direction of inconsistency. That's all I'm saying is like, it's just going to be inconsistent. The, the jobs you're taking, the employee side, the numbers, the bookkeeping, all this stuff. And what you want to do is just try to create some consistency because if you do that, you can get really good at the sales, right? Because what did I just show you? It's like, hey, this is this, you're going to get so good at that roof selling sales process of painting it rather than the repair side, which isn't more, it, it, again, that's not really like a, a sale. That's like, hey, okay, I'll repair it for this. Yes or no. You know, and it's like, it's not the same, you know? So, and then the marketing side, you're going to learn how to market and you're going to be able to say, okay, we want to find people that want the roofs painted. So when you find a marketing company, this is what you tell them you want. They're going to find you leads for people that want that. Now you're getting people that want it when you go there. And it's going to be even an easier sell because they want it. You're not convincing them to do it. That's number two. And then again, the production side, you could train, you can, you can get product uh, discounts because you're buying so much of this roofing product. It's going to go down like so many different benefits of just focusing on one area. Um, that's, that's my opinion. I don't know, man, you can run with it or you can, you know, just bounce ideas off of it and, you know, tell me what you think. No, no. I think, I think that um, consistency, consistency makes sense, especially for the guys who, you know, infinitely get fresh. It would be one thing if you were working, if I were working with, you know, 10 craftsmen who were at the height of their game, but taking someone right. off the street and then training them from nothing. I think they yeah. get, uh, they get definitely right. burned out on learning a new thing every week, you know? Yeah. I mean, they, they, you know, and that's another thing when you want to grow, you gotta, if you keep doing all these different things, your, your potential labor pool is like minimal because those guys are already working. Okay. They're not sitting on the couch. So you've got to find a way to convince them to come to work for you rather than, uh, you know, and I'm not saying that if you didn't do that, they would be not on the couch, but again, it's just easier to bring someone in because they don't have to have that skill set. Um, you know, we'll teach you how to do this one skill and you know, it's less intimidating than somebody who's like, all right, well, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to know how to do this. You got to know how to do this. You got to know how to do this. And it's going to make it harder for you to hire, you know? Yeah. So one thing I was thinking about is um, breaking it down, getting my guys to stop doing copper work, just just have them do the slate work and then um, building out a team, a second team uh, to to do the copper work. Once I feel like these guys are up to snuff and then you know, branching out, doing something like that. The thing about business is uh, trial and error, man. You know, I think, you know, I, I would just if I could give you any advice, if I was you right now, if I was you, I would at least give the painting side a try. I know it's getting cold, but consider that. Just give it a try. Just give it a trial run. Just try to pitch it to some of those slate customers and say, hey, just so you know, and don't go in there, you know, without being prepared. You know, make sure you have a product sheet of the product that you plan to use. If you can get that sample taken care of, maybe the guys can do one today if there's an extra piece of slate, you know, whatever. Um, you know, and just see what that looks like. And that's, that's the fun thing about business, man. You try something, see if it works, see if you like it and roll with it. You know, it's not like, you know, you're still in the startup phase of your business. So you're still trying to get your, your feet under you. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know until you know it, you know? Yeah. And then you do it and you're like, Oh, I like this. You know, for me early on, I would take anything that came my way. And that's just because I was excited. I wanted to make money. I didn't really have a marketing system. So I didn't know when the next job was coming. So I took everything. And once I realized like, I didn't want to do all that. I just want to do exterior and interior painting. I never, I never changed it just because it was easy to sell. Uh, the price, the margins were good and it was consistent. And look at me, I'm, I'm here now. I have jobs going out. I don't have to be there because it's not anything they don't already know how to do, you know? So uh, that kind of takes the load off of me. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate your, uh, your thoughts. Um, 
I mean, there's a lot to, a lot to go here. Uh, especially like if the first thing that you see when going to the website is um, a bunch of uh, random tasks, then I could only imagine what my guys are probably thinking. And if that's the case, then I really need to hone in their scope of work so that they aren't uh, frustrated um, day to day. That would be step one, I suppose. Have a conver have a conversation with the man. You know, I've learned that in 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 uh, employee employer relationships, if there's a gap in communication, that creates resentment by default because it's somebody that's in control of your livelihood. So the more you communicate effectively with your team, the 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 more uh, the easier it'll be to do this stuff. Cause you know what, if you ask them and I just, I could be wrong, but I'm probably right. If you ask them, you say, Hey, you know, are you happy doing all these different jobs? Like, you know, if they were able to be honest with you and, and, and upfront, you'll, you'll get the answer you need and you would have done this by default, you know? So, you know, I challenge you to ask them, have that conversation, you know, help them help you, you know, um, happy workers produce happy customers, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely is the reason I left my last job. So that makes a lot of sense. Why did you leave your last job? I didn't want to wait three hours for materials to show up or you know, try to guess what my boss wanted me to do next. Um, I thought, wow, this is uh, completely inefficient and the trains don't run on time. And I, I thought I could do better. Yeah. Yeah. So take what you learned, take what you hated and be what you wanted him to be. And that's how I am. I had some pretty crappy leadership as an employee. And, you know, little did they know they had a business owner working for them, you know, and they could have utilized me in a way that could have changed my direction of life. It's the reality. I can't guarantee you that I would have started a business if I was treated the way I should have been treated and given what I should have been given for the effort that I put into that business. I can't guarantee that I, I would have just still quit and started a business. Many people start the businesses that way. It's a blessing in disguise, really. Tell you the it truth. is. Of course it is. But then again, like, you know, it's, you know, you just want to be that person you want to be and, uh, you know, you wanted them to be and, and, and grow from there, man. But I think uh, I'd love to reconnect with you, man. I think uh, you're just in a pivotal point here. Um, you know, if you want to see drip jobs, I can do a demo for you, show you, show you guys, you can bring your bookkeeper in on the demo and uh, I'll show you how it works. So you can see if it's uh, something that'll help clean up some of the, the I, I call it chaos, man, because customer information can, can be spread all over the place. And when it's in one location, I mean, there's nothing like it. Well, okay. Last um, question. I sure. really appreciate you uh, sharing your time. The, so in creating a thing like drip jobs, I mean, ultimately um, this is kind of another tan tangential right. thing, but the, ultimately where I would go is I have an idea, not for a CRM, but for like um, a piece that I, I could sell to CRMs. Um, okay. And I would, I know that it takes uh, a sizable amount of money consistently for like a year to develop like a, a maquette for the product, right? Just a, a thing that you could go um, to investors and get some money. Um, okay. So I'm curious how to, how to use, how to leverage Say if I were to get this, if I got all my, um, if I, if my margins were correct, if if I if I uh, figured out what everything I needed to cost, uh, like if I, if I got it down to the decimal point, and all my numbers were in order, how do you leverage a, a successful business into a means of creating a product like that? Um, you know, think. It like this. I mean, uh, you know, with drip jobs, I looked at them. I looked at what was out there. I saw that I didn't like it. I, right. I, I created what I wanted just in a sporadic capacity um, with all different apps and tried to plug them all in. And uh, I said, you know what? I'm going to create an all-in-one solution that does things the way I, I, I want it done. And I found success with that just simply out of my own, you know, I, I am, I'm the test dummy. See a lot of people create software and they're not, they, they, they try to think what the contractor would want. The, the, my strategic benefit here is that I am the contractor. So I literally tested this software for three years, first in a, in a crazy capacity with eight different applications doing what drip jobs does. 
And then once I got drip jobs throughout the testing process, I was using my own customers through it. And there were times, listen, where drip jobs wasn't ready fully and, you know, bugs were occurring and, and my customers were getting the wrong communication and I had to go through that. But again, uh, you know, you know, I took what works for me and the way that I do business and I put it into a software and, uh, I'm not saying my business is the best way to do business. It just works. It, my system works. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's like, no, if it works, it can be repeated. It, I think you know? it makes completely, I mean, it's a, it's another way of scaling uh, to a different vertical. I mean, it makes completely, uh, it makes complete sense. So if you have an idea, let me get to answer your question. If you have an idea, you know, look, you have an opportunity to validate your own idea. That's right. all I can say is if you have an idea, look, and I'm, I say this, everyone's got ideas. The people who act on them are the ones to get the credit for them. You know, I mean, I'm sure somebody else thought of something similar to drip jobs. They just didn't act on it. Just like I thought of like eight different apps and different things that have come to life. It's just like, number one, are you going to act on it? And number two, are you willing to endure, you know, what it takes? Like, dude, like a software company is absolutely the hardest thing I've done just simply because I don't code. So like in my business right now, I could go into any job that we got going on. And if my guy walks off the job, I can finish it. I know that I would finish it. I'd stay and finish it. I'd be, I can spray, cut, roll, brush. I could do everything. What happens if something happens in my software? Yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't, well, I don't I, know I mean, that language. So I have to, I have to find someone that knows that language, um, which, which I've done. So it's like, it's just one of those things, man. It's like with, with software, that's hard for me because I at least want to know. And I always give people this advice. I tell them, I say, listen, there's people that come to me and say, Tanner, can I start a painting business without, without knowing how to paint? And I say, well, would you start a restaurant without knowing how to cook? And the only reason I say that is because if the chef leaves the kitchen, your, your customers don't eat. And uh, I had to make a decision. That's why it's important for me to find somebody and offer them ownership in it as well, because just trying to find an employee to come and code, that didn't, that didn't work, you know, because again, that, 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 that ownership has to be there. To try to um, partner up, the but then the reason reason I, I I bring this up is because I think I mean like it, what a brilliant strategy. First, you created systems within a business, and then you create a business that kind of take care of itself, and then you had extra capital that you could invest in like other things exactly. to make the industry that you're already in even better, right? Right. Like, that That's sounds exactly like right. you're solving people's problems, and I I you know I'm I'm many steps behind uh you know where you are in that journey however sure. i'm just thinking like as far as initial steps did you think to yourself i'm going to save up a lump sum of money i'm going to um, no mine came out of actually dude it's a funny story man i i found i found a, a company and i wanted to white label what they had uh and because it was close it wasn't nowhere anywhere close to drip jobs but it was close in terms of just i like the way it flowed Right. And I reached out to them and, uh, and one conversation led to another and I'm like, okay, well, actually I'd like to build my own now because they, it was just like, I was like, well, can you change this? Can you change this? Can you change this? And then it turned into like, actually, you know what? It would be better if, if, uh, we built you, we, we helped you build it. So that's, that's what happened. Um, but I didn't really like plan to do it, you know, and, and listen, the, you know, when it, when it came down to it, um, you're just trying to solve your own me, problems. Yeah. Any, you, and it, it, there's a problem. Every, if you ran into a problem, like there's a business there, that's it. That's all I'll say. It's like, there's a problem, but it's not just a problem in terms of like, are there CRMs out there? Yes. Do CRMs help everyone? They don't just tailor to contractors. The, the softwares that usually tailor to contractors are just estimating and invoicing softwares. Right. Ours does a lot more than that. It does your whole, it's pretty much your whole business follow-ups, uh, communication automatically, text messaging, uh, deal stages to make sure that you know where your customers are in the buying process, um, project management, sending work orders. Like it has the full scope in one app. If you talk to any contractor who doesn't have this, they're using five or seven apps to do what one can do. You know what that means is that they have to manually type in the same customer's information more than once. I don't type in customer information at all. We built something in there that essentially, let me break this down. If you called my company, I would send you a link and that link gives you the ability to fill out a form and then that form goes into my system. And then from there, I can build the proposal off of that form. I can send you communication off of that form um, and that information that we got from that form. Now, typically you, if you get a phone call and you don't have this, 
what are you doing? Writing it down, typing it out, asking what's your first name, what's your last name, what's your email, what's your phone number, what's your, you know, what day you want me to come out, what day I want to come out, you know? So what we did is like, dude, I hated putting in information. So we created that. Like that was a problem and it's soft, you know? Um, I, did, I, I, I lost someone's information once and I feel you. you've never done that. Like it's, it's stressful. Especially if it's a big job. No, I, I feel you. And I've, I've been pulling my hair, hair out trying to use Zapier and monday.com and a bunch of, you know, just like integrating disparate, like, uh, let me pieces. show you a demo. It's cause uh, me too. I mean, we, we yeah, operate okay. the same side of business. I'll show you a demo. Let me, let me show you what it looks like. And you're going to say, Oh, I tried to zap that. Oh, I tried to do that with Monday. Oh, I tried to do this. And it's all in one, you know, yeah. it's all in one, but that doesn't mean, but listen, what I'm getting at is if you have an idea, test it in your own business, get your business to a point where it's running and operating itself without you stressing out. There's a difference between it running and operating itself, but you're stressed. That's what's happening right now. Someone's out there working for you and you're, you, you said you're at a 5.5, your engine's sputtering and your mind is going crazy. That's because what you've built up into this point isn't sustainable. It worked. Good job. Now refine it, right? right? Like drip jobs. Like in the beginning, it worked, but it wasn't sustainable. So I had to go back to the drawing board. I had to zero in. I had to find different developers to help me. Like it's just that that's, that's business. But you got started. Like, that's the thing you got started and you got started. So, I mean, that's, that's great, but don't stay in that. I got started euphoria. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I would like to by springtime, I want to have this company fully um, running itself with little interference for me. That's well, hey, well and, and I, 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 I just hoped it. And I pray that you take heed to my advice of zeroing in on, on, on this painting side think about it, look at it, research it, figure it out. I mean, you're already doing it. You already did it. You already know there's a demand for it. You already know how to do it. Is it's it, just is a it, matter of you committing to it. Is it the, the, you, are you saying a painting because it simplifies just process? Like it's just, you know, uh, I'm saying pain. There's so many reasons. I'm so I'm saying painting. Number one, not many people do it. Number two, it's, it's, you have the ability to not only repair, but also enhance at the same time for a fraction of the cost of what it would be to replace. So that means that when you're interacting with a customer, you have way more leverage than a lot of people when it comes to sales. It's an easy sell. It's like, hey, you either pay 30 grand to replace it, or I can repair it and paint it and seal it for a third of the price. Either right. way, you're going to have to pay money. What do you want? And you're going to find that if you learn how to pitch this the right way, and you build value, you're just going to get yes. When I go and sell paint jobs, it's not that easy. I First of all, everyone can paint. They, I don't know they're going to do a good job. All right. But what's the alternative? I mean, there's no alternative. Like they don't have this big thing that says, oh, well, I could, you know, this is a value. It's like, oh, well, you know, if, if I want, I'll do it myself. That's, you, know, you, you get people to say that, you know, so it's a hard sell for even in the house painting industry, you got to really bring the value. But with roof coating, no competition, easy marketing, easy sale. Scale, you could be the number one roof coating company in Virginia, dude. Yeah. I was also. Wait, let me ask you real quick before we get off the call. What's your city? What city are you in? Richmond, Virginia. Richmond, Virginia. So you're in the big city, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm looking up. Richmond, Virginia, roof painting. Okay. No one is listed here. Okay. At all. You have a couple people running ads, but in terms of the, what I call the, uh, the, uh, the map pack here, no one is advertising as a roof, as a roof painting company. No, not one. I mean, this is something that you should be doing. Okay. Who's Jacob's ladder? They're pretty good. Like a, literally, uh, I have uh, of them. Yes, I've not met them. The like Richmond Slate Repair, for instance. There's I'm the only company even advertising slate repairs. It'd be the same thing with painting a roof or with. Yeah. No, like I said, man, I'm just trying to show you that again. If I'm a, if I'm a homeowner, 
and let's say I want to get my roof painted. I'm going to type in Richmond, Virginia, roof painting. They're not going to put in coating. They're going to put roof painting. That, that's the way a customer sees it. Okay. Right. And now you have a couple, you have a couple, you have one person advertising American weather star, which sounds like a, yeah, it's a nationwide service, not a local service. So people might be a little bit hesitant there. Um, home advisor. You might even think about getting on home advisor because they have roof painting here, but it looks like they only have it for metal roofs. So, you know, which you might branch into at some point, you know, who knows? Um, just some things to think about, but again, do what I'm doing, go on Google, see who's out there, see what they're doing, see, see what they're, see what they're charging. Um, you know, you might even, you know, get to a point where, you know, I mean, this is all you, all you want to do. I mean, and, and that's something you can sit back and, and do you only, like I said, at your pace, you only need four jobs a week. If you're selling a week job for $6,400, six times four, 32, uh, or 24, um, you know, and let's say they fluctuate, you, you're going to be doing 30 grand a month with two employees doing four jobs. It's not a bad gig. No, no, that's pretty nice. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time out of your day to uh, to reach out and to uh, help me organize no problem, this cluster cuss of a situation. No problem. All right. Well, you got to come back, man. Let us know how it goes. Uh, we'll do once I I uh, once I have everything automated, I'll reach back out to you. Awesome, awesome. And I'll send you a link um, if you want to set up a demo. I'll show you uh, how Drip Jobs works. Sure, that'd be nice. Thank you very much. All right, man. Good luck with everything. Keep me updated. All right. Thank you. All right. See you, man. Drip Jobs CRM is finally here. That's right. So Drip Jobs is an automation platform for contractors, home service professionals. It's going to automatically follow up with your customers. It's going to allow you to send invoices, estimates. It's going to allow you to send out blast marketing emails to individuals based on where they are in the buying process. This software is next level. And I'm reaching out to you. You're a listener of this podcast, and I want you to be one of the first ones to give it a shot. So if you want to see what Drip Jobs can do for your business, I'd love for you to head over to dripjobs.com, sign up for a free demo, and get your team involved, and let us sit with you and show you how powerful this software is. It's going to save you time. It's going to make you money, and you're going to love the features that are built into Drip Jobs. So if you want to check it out, head over to dripjobs.com, and we will give you first priority being a podcast listener uh, to be one of the very first to try out Drip Jobs in your home service business. I'm super excited to share that with you, and I'll catch you on the next episode.